So this morning brings to an end our three Sunday series uh, commemorating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We have been looking at Luther's three solars, the sola scriptura, fide, and gratia, scripture alone, faith alone, and today grace alone. Just grace is what carries us through. Just grace is what allows us to celebrate All Saints Day the way we do. Because God's basic message is God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. So on All Saints Day, it is obvious what we're talking about. But sometimes it's not so clear. What do you want from God? What do you want from God? We go to church, we pray, we serve, we make fundraiser weekends fun and all the good stuff that we do. What do you want from God? Why do we do all this? Some call it salvation. And really when we say that we mean something like an eternal life insurance. I may die here on earth, but at least my soul, please let that be okay. Some call it blessing. They think more of the here and now. That we're healthy, that we're wealthy, that we're okay, that we're not starving, that our kids are turning out okay. Whatever you may call blessing. What do you want from God? Well, when I look at all our candles lit here this morning, this All Saints Day, I want the assurance that all our relatives and friends who died are okay. And also I want the assurance that I'm going to be okay when I die. This table reminds us of many people. Just an example, I will ask that simple question, is grandma with God now? Is grandma with God? And yes, of course she is. She always has been. All the people we lit candles for have always been with God. Because God's timing is much bigger than ours. A thousand years, the psalm says, are like a second before God. But even that's just a figure of speech. The thing we call time is part of creation. The moons and the stars and the earth and everything that is that's not a scale that God is limited by. God is much bigger than that thing we call eternity because it's just a timeline. There's no end. There's no beginning to it. This whole concept of time comes from God. So when we are wondering if people are saved or in heaven or with God or whatever you want to call it now, that's really not God's question. Because they have always been with God. How could you be otherwise? You are. God allows you to live. God allowed you to become God. will always be there. As we heard the letter to the Ephesians this morning, there it also talks about salvation being a thing of the past. We were already saved. And that is true to a certain degree. Because our salvation somewhat hinges 
on that moment of Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection have something to do with us and our eternal fate, if you will. Christ died for us once and for all, they say. So around that moment in time, everything rotates like our solar system does around the sun. This one death and resurrection makes clear for people of all times and places that their death is not the final end. Jesus' resurrection makes sure that we're all going to be resurrected from the dead. That all the saints, dead or alive, are just with God as they always have been. It may look different to us at times, because we don't like the grave, who would? But none of them are lost. So what do you want from God? What do you want from God this Halloween, this All Hallows Eve, this day before the Day of the Dead? The thing I want from God, just for the sake of the season, Let's call it candy. Okay? Could be blessing, could be salvation, health, wealth, whatever. I brought you chocolate coins this morning. The thing you want from God, let's just call it candy for an experiment's sake. Now, Catholic theory in the 16th century was that the church owned a treasure, a treasure chest pretty much like this, probably much bigger, full of salvation. So the candy that was at stake was salvation. And the church owned it. So nobody could make it into heaven without asking the church for candy. Church owned salvation and dispensed it at their own will. Now again, you could call it whatever you will. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, a good harvest, death to your adversary, fertility, riches. The Bible is full of examples of what blessings can be, and people have always asked for God's all kinds of things, a collar TV and a Mercedes-Benz. Whatever your candy is, the church owned it, and in order to receive that blessing, well, all you had to do was pay it up. All you had to pay the church, and they would bless you with whatever you wanted. That was the original trick-or-treat. No kidding here. Give me a treat, or I play your trick. Or as the church said it in the 16th century, pay your indulgence, or we withhold God's goodness. We'll just sit on that treasure chest unless you pay. Give me candy, or I give you hell. Not so cute, right? How it worked. Along comes Martin Luther. And on October 31st, 1517, we remember that he published his 95 Thesis. And he said, no, that's not how it works. One of the theses was, it is in vain to trust in salvation by indulgence letters, even though the indulgence commissary or even the Pope were to offer his soul as a security. Church, you don't own that treasure chest. Everybody has access to that treasure 
without the church. Learning from a verse from Ephesians that we heard earlier. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Grace is a gift freely given. God gives out candy for free. Can I have my ushers, the plate collectors, the offering people? Can you have the pastry? God gives out candy for free. God gives out candy for free. Everybody gets a piece. They don't have to say trick or treat. They don't have to dress up. This is the grace of God. Blessing. Everybody get it more. No trick or treat necessary. In God's time. This may represent whatever you want from God. Now that's not how we work usually, right? It's pretty awesome that God just gives candy out for free. The letter to the Ephesians says... By nature, we are children of wrath. Because when somebody harms us, we want to fight back. We want to be stronger and meaner and harder and tougher. And if you don't give me candy, I will play a trick on you. Trick or treat, that's what that means, right? You give me candy or I burn down your house or wrap it in toilet paper or whatever. Trick or treat. Tit for tat. You give me, and I return the favor. Well, that's not what the Christian life is like. The Christian life is about receiving candy for free. We first receive it from God, but then also, by that free grace that Luther taught us, we're inspired to practice a grace that pays it forward. Now here comes the hard part. You may be chewing on your original coin already, right? Because it looks so tempting. But here comes the harder temptation. Not only does everybody get one coin, but everybody gets two coins. Because God's grace is free, it overflows all the way to the floor. 
God's grace overflows. That cup goes over the brim, like we say. Who has to take the first step? Do I have to apologize first? Do I have to wait for them to be nice for, to me so I can be nice to them again? No, no, no. It's always me who has to take the first step because I got extra candy from God. You got extra candy from God, so you got to take the first step. You got extra love from God, so you got to take the first step. You got extra blessing from God, so you got to take the first step. You got that second piece of candy, and it's your job now. Enjoy your first piece, but then give out that second piece before they even ask. Give it so freely that they don't even know they needed it. God has modeled that for us. God loved us before we even knew we needed that. Find somebody who likes candy and needs blessing. Be gracious. Share God's grace like candy. Amen.